I'd love us to explore gifts, talents, treasures this morning. This church, you are all packed with gifts, with talents, with treasures. And I'd just like to explore that a bit for uh, half an hour or so this morning. Um, do you think you're packed with gifts, talents, and treasure? We're all packed. Right, so let's try something else. Take in a deep breath and exhale. Don't just hold it. And again. Right, you're breathing this morning, right? You've all got at least the gift of breath. That's a great start. Um, you have breath in your lungs. That's a gift from God. And we've got so much more. So I'd love us to explore talents and gifts this morning. Um, I'm thinking particularly from uh, Matthew 25. I'm not going to read the whole parable. It's titled The Parable of the Talents. Um, where um, Jesus tells a parable about, he's trying to explain how the kingdom of God is, the kingdom of God is like, and it is like somebody who gave their servants some gifts and talents. You know the story reasonably well. And there were three servants. One of them got five bags of money. Um, I'd love to imagine how much money was in a bag of money. Somebody else got two bags of money, two talents. Um, and one person got one bag of money, one, one talent. And the person with five made another five. Well done. Uh, the person with two made another two. Well done. The person with one buried it. If you remember the story, stuck it in the ground and buried it. Apparently, he buried it carefully. So just buried it very carefully and left it and made niada, which is a technical word for nothing. Um, and the uh, master came back, and as you know, the tale uh, was delighted with the two servants that had multiplied their talents, but was somewhat disappointed with the person who hadn't, and in fact kicked them out. And there's something of that I'd love us to explore. God has given us gifts, talents, treasures, experiences, lots of stuff. He's given us loads of stuff. He's given us breath in our lungs even, and he'd love us. He'd love to see us multiply in fact, he does the multiplication as it happens, but he'd love us to multiply those gifts and talents. That is the framework for this morning. So let's take a deep breath again. Breathe. Hold it. No, no breathe out. Please breathe out. Uh, we can't have fainting city this morning. Just so breathing, even breath in your lungs is a gift from God this morning. I'd love us if, we, if there's one thing that you end this uh, service with, it's to desire God's gifts in your life, whatever on earth they are, even if it's just a bit of breath in your lungs, uh, that you're praying to God, give me gifts, give me talents, give me something of the treasure and help me to multiply this into the community in which he's placed us, which is here. Um, and love to see it multiply. Um, if you think about church growth, um, you need to see some multiplication. One or two new people don't just add to us one or two new people. They multiply. Um, when you come to our church, when you come to our community, you're bringing more than just yourself. You're helping us multiply ourselves and grow. And that's what we're thinking about this morning. Some of you are looking slightly nervous about where this could go. It's okay. Don't worry. I'm going to tell you a story from a recent little trip to, in fact, Luxembourg. Um, to set the scene for three ways that our gifts, or three problems that gifts and talents can go wrong, and then three ways that I think hopefully we can get ourselves back on track. And the premise is this, bless you, if we are experiencing our gifts, if we're living in them, using them well, our gifts and talents really well, that is a life of joy. That's my proposition to you this morning. We live a life full of joy if we're living and, ex and experiencing the gifts that God has given us. Um, do you want to live a life of joy? Yes. Ooh, yay. <laughs> this is good. Come on, a very emphatic Juliet. Yes, we do. Uh, a life of joy is living really in a life using 
uh, experiencing, using the gifts, talents, treasures that God has given us. Um, if we're not really doing that or burying them, to use the parable, in fact, that is a way towards a life of, well, what is not joy? You tell me. Misery. misery. I like the word. I'll go with that. Misery. A life of misery. So if you want a life of joy, great, or misery, you have a choice. It's using the gifts and talents that God has given. So here's my little story. Um, has anybody been to Gatwick in the last few years? Gatwick South Terminal? Um, yeah, the last few months, maybe, maybe one or two of you. Yep, yep, good. Um, so, um, and have you heard of the sandwich chain Pret a Manger? I love Pret a Manger. I do love Pret a Manger. It's a bit of a tragedy to me that the crayfish sandwich is no longer on their menu, it seems. However, I love the Pret a Manger sandwiches. Um, so, I was in uh, Gatwick South Terminal, I think last week, starting to lose track of time. And um, the place is heaving, if you've been there lately. So in Pret-a-Manger sandwich shop, they had five tills working, and they had five queues out the back of the shop with probably about 30 people, 40 people in each queue. It was very, very busy. And now I've learned over the years, mostly with Rachel, um, that I have, what's the opposite of a talent? In fact, I do have a talent. It's called joining the wrong queue. It's a talent. It's a gift. Right, so I thought, right, I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to try and challenge this talent uh, and join the fastest queue. So you had queue by all the sandwiches, long queue, long, very sweaty queue, and a queue over towards the left-hand side where nobody was really queuing. I thought, I'm going to join that queue because that looks shorter to me. Well, the thing I learned last week was that shorter doesn't necessarily mean faster. Uh, so, like, we were going along, I'm standing there with my sandwich and my drink and waiting for my caramel macchiato or whatever coffee I was going to order, and I was shuffling like this, whilst the rest of the queues were speeding along. And in fact, what, uh, what I discovered as I approached the front of uh, the sandwich shop um, was that uh, the server that I had for me, I think he was from Mexico called Jose, and I'm sorry for the stereotype, um, he was having a bad day. I mean, Jose was having a bad day. Like, not a good day. Not a good day for Jose. <laughs> he was not having a good day. I mean, so if you can imagine, like, really busy sandwich place, uh, server not having a good day, what do they look like? You can just evoke your amateur dramatics. What might have I experienced as I approached Jose? Misery. He, well, he, he was a bit miserable. He was a bit stressed. He was very sweaty. Like, just to plant that seed in your head. And I'm approaching with my sandwiches and my drink and my packet of crisps, thinking I'm not entirely sure Jose is the man for me. But equally, I'm very sure I'm not about to join the back of another queue and uh, queue up. And in fact, we're all getting a bit stressed. Now, at this point, because I'm thinking about this very conversation, would you believe? Uh, I'm thinking, OK, how might I use the, God, the gifts that God has given me? Well, first, breathe. We'll have a breath here. Take a little breath. And I'm thinking, okay, what does Jose need? Well, I'll tell you what he doesn't need. This is not the moment for the gift of tongues. Just, <laughs> that's not what he needs. Unless I happen to speak Mexican without realizing it, this is not the moment for the gift of tongues, is it? No, pro probably not. I'm happy to take alternatives. Uh, it's probably not the moment either for the gift of the word of knowledge that says, Jose, you need your third shirt change of the day because, you know, Jose. 
Uh, that's his manager's job. He had his manager there. That's not the time. Um, what he needed, I think, was a, was a gift. A gift. <coughs> a gift. Um, so you can tell me what sort of Phil styled gift does Jose need at this point? He needs a gift of jazz hands, right? This is what Jose needs. A bit of jazz hands, Jose. Uh, so in fact, he got full, 10 seconds, full fill air jazz hands moment uh, as we were just having this little interaction. And in fact, to be fair to Jose, he did, he did tell me he needed a very large glass of whiskey. Well, okay, I'm not going to help you with that. Uh, but there was just this little moment of... Um, excitement for the, this poor chap who's working absolutely hard. I felt incredibly sorry for him. He's probably getting paid tuppence halfpenny for working in a very difficult scenario. So he needed a little bit of encouragement. And you know, God gives us these moments all the time. All the time. You don't need to be standing in a sweaty Gatwick airport to bring whichever gifts, talents, treasures that in fact God has given you. What we do need is to be alert to every opportunity and use what he's given us. Now, some of you have jazz hands. Some of you don't. He'll use what he's given you, but let's let him use us, right? Now, I'd like to think, I have no idea, I'd like to think that the people that Jose then interacted with afterwards had a slightly better experience. Who knows? That's called multiplication. That's in God's hands. That's not in my hands. What's in my hands are my jazz hands. Let's give him a moment. God uses us uh, as we let him. You ready for three problems and maybe three solutions? <laughs> oh dear, why does every sermon turn into a comedy session? I don't know why. Um, all right, three problems. You're happy with this idea? God's given us gifts, right? He's given us gifts. He asks us to use them. Yeah, good. Right, well, here's three problems. First problem is fear. Fear. In fact, I've slightly switched the word to concern because I'm thinking about when do I talk myself out of using the gifts that God's given me? And it's concern. I'll use, oh, I'm a bit concerned. Bit, bit concerned about that. Bit concerned. Concern. You happy with the word concern? Yeah, okay, all good. Yeah, well, I feel I'm slightly losing the room here. Uh, fear or concern will hold us back from using the gifts that God's given us. And in fact, there's a couple of ways. It's more than a couple, but I'll use a couple. There's a couple of ways this happens. The first is we love comfort. Some of us literally love our duvets. Literally. Uh, or blankets or duvets. Nothing wrong with that at all. There's a place for a duvet, um, probably your bed. Maybe if you live, you know, if you live on your own, perhaps anywhere else in the house, possibly, um, there's a place for a duvet. We need a bit of comfort. Um, but in fact, concerns arise if we're constantly seeking immediate comfort in our lives. And often, uh, it's not always, but often, there's a bit of short-term discomfort in using our gifts and talents. Um, for a, for a longer-term gain. We normally have to get over a bit, don't we? Over ourselves, perhaps. Um, and you'll know this. I'm not asking for stories, but you'll start to think now of times you think, what could go wrong if I send that message? Quite a lot. Um, there's a concern. Uh, is God asking me to send that message? Maybe I should send it, maybe I shouldn't, but there's that concern. Um, if I, for some of you, I know that even coming to church uh, on a Sunday is a bit of a sacrifice. There might be people at home that don't enjoy the fact you're coming to church. There's a consequence or an impact for doing perhaps what God's asking you to do or for speaking or for doing something. Short-term concern. And in fact, if we're not careful, that comfort, duvet, blanket um, desire can override what the use of our gifts, that you know, short-term desire for comfort. 
Um, a joyful life, I'm going to propose to you, is an adventurous life. I quite like a bit of adventure, although the older I get, the less I enjoy a bit of adventure, I'm discovering, but that's, that's a problem for me. Um, an adventurous life is a joyful one. In fact, not being sure what's going to happen can be quite exciting. Can you think of times in your life where you're not quite sure how it's going to go? This might be one of them. I'm not quite sure how this is going to go. That can be both concerning and exciting, right? And I think if we put our eyes, our minds, our hearts into that uh, more adventurous place, I don't know how this is going to go. Um, I sort of think we could go camping at Upfest, but I remember last year it was very windy. There was lots of lightning, very, very frightening, scaramouche, scaramouche, and the tents might have nearly fallen down, but I'm going to go anyway. <sighs> Take a deep breath because it could actually be quite good. could be quite an adventure. I think God does this to us all the time, you know. If we're walking down the high street and see somebody that you're saying, do you know, just have a word. Ooh, I'm a bit concerned. No, just have a word, if it's a word. You might not fall on your knees in front of them in prayer and beg them to close their eyes and give their life to Jesus in that moment outside boots, or you might. What could happen? Who knows? I love the life of adventure in theory. In practice, it can be hard. Uh, he says, look, sometimes avoid the comforts be filled with courage and live a life of adventure. That's, there's joy in adventure, isn't there? Um, I think the second concern we can have is for people's opinions uh, or their criticisms, in fact. Well, I, I, I like getting opinions when they're nice ones. I love a great bit of feedback when it's a positive bit of feedback. Really enjoyed that. That went well. You did great there. You're just so awesome. Love your ginger hair. Fabulous. Uh, really great. Uh, hey, that's a nice shirt. Nice feedback. Thanks very much. You're very welcome. It is a nice shirt, isn't it? Thank you. Yeah, it's probably if you stare too long, you might fall over as well. Um, right. But the more critical feedback, I'm less excited about. The potential for critical feedback or the potential for criticism, in fact, injects that bit of fear that I think sometimes holds us back from bringing our very best into our community, not just church, but generally, um, and holds us back. We, we get a bit worried. There's potential. And we've, we've probably, most of us, had some moments. I'm not, it's not to shame us. We've all had a few, probably where we think, ooh, with the benefit of Harry Hindsight, I probably could have been a bit more courageous. With the benefit of hindsight, could have been a bit more courageous. Who is the source of courage? That's not rhetorical. And I'm in a rhetorical setting. Well, who is the source of courage? Jesus, yeah, God himself, the Holy Spirit is the very source of, the, of our courage. And this is why I love who he is, because he says, be filled with courage. Hey, I'm going to fill you with courage here. That's great. You don't have to manufacture it from yourself in some way, shape or form. You simply need to ask and he'll fill us with courage. He'll fill us with his spirit, fill us with courage for these moments that we have. Um, be filled all the way through the Bible, all the way through his story. In fact, even in your own lives, you'll know there are moments where he says, be filled with courage, take courage, be courageous, all such words. There's loads of them through the Bible. Uh, and it's not just a be filled with courage or else. He says, be filled with courage because I'll fill you with courage. Fabulous. So if it, at this very moment, literally at this moment, if you're thinking that there are things I can bring to this community, whether it's in church, out of church, wherever church is, 
Uh, there are things God's given, but I'm just holding back a bit. Take this moment as a nudge, very strong one, uh, to be filled with the Holy Spirit's courage. Be courageous because that's who God is. Embrace the adventure. Um, come to Upfest. <laughs> and if you're worried about people's criticism, as, even as I say this, you'll know, um, people's critique almost doesn't matter, does it? I mean, wise advice is very good. A bit of sort of being open to a bit of wise advice is good. But if the fear of criticism prevents you from bringing the best of your gifts to our community, that is a problem. Let's not worry so much about people's views and care more about being filled with the Spirit's courage. So fear will hold us back from joy. Can you hear the connection? If I'm worried about how, how people are going to think and do, uh, I'm not going to bring my best. And in fact, then I'm going to have a life of, what did you say? I didn't say the word misery. You said misery. Misery. Fear creates misery. Courage creates joy. The conditions for joy. And you want more joy? Yes, yes. Good. Embrace the Holy Spirit's courage. We'll pray for some courage this morning. We'll pray, we'll pray, we'll pray. God, pour out your courage. Pour out your spirit. Give us the courage to be the people that you have made us to be. Fear, concern. Overcome that with courage. Um, I was going to get you to do another exercise, which I heard they do at Sandhurst, but I haven't experienced it. But I'm not going to get you to do this, so don't worry. I'll describe it, and in fact, I might be wrong, so, so forgive me, those of you that actually know if this is true or not. Um, I'm told that officers learn how to deal with sniper fire in a particular way. Okay, so when you're under sniper fire, you're thinking, where are we going with this? <laughs> aren't you? Um, if you're under sniper fire, um, the training uh, it creates a kind of very fast, almost instinctive, in fact, very instinctive response to take very fast, three steps to the left and drop to your front. So if you want to do that, by all means, <laughs> feel free to do that. It's called going prone, apparently. I, hadn't, I had to look this up. Prone is like lying, like sort of going, lying on your chest, on your tummy, um, like and getting out of the way, okay? So if you're under, you can imagine this. If we were under sniper fire, it'd be like, down on the floor, yeah? It, like, some of you want to do this. I can see it in your eyes. Come on, Phil, make us all do it. I'm not, don't worry. Um, and it's to create an instinctive response and to try to avoid um, the enemy's fire. You know, the enemy fires at us. We have an enemy that shoots at us like a sniper with fear. And as we start to see fear arise, we kind of need that same instinctive response that says, I'm going to avoid this fear, bam, 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 get to the ground. I can't think of anywhere better than to be on my knees in front of the Lord in the midst of sniper fire. Literal sniper fire might be a different scenario, maybe not. So fear is one enemy tactic. It's one sniper fire. The second, in fact, is apathy. Or um, there's a very strong word. I was trying to avoid using it today, but it's not a word I'm allowed, I don't think, to avoid. It's called laziness. We can get lazy, apathetic and lazy. So if, does, if fear is one problem, laziness is another potential laziness kind of not owning the gifts that God's given us. I, mean, I don't know, some of you might have felt a bit uncomfortable hearing other people tell you good things about yourself. Do you get a bit uncomfortable? Some people, some people love it, and some people don't. Okay? Uh, again, I did uh, an exercise not too dissimilar to this uh, with some clients in Luxembourg. Now you're very worried about my work, aren't you? So I, get, I do get people to do this in a slightly more professional way. 
Um, and there are a couple of people who loved it. Tell me I'm awesome. Tell me I am awesome. Uh, in their best French accents. And there are others that hated it. They just hate being told what they're good at, actually. They, they find it really uncomfortable. And at this point, I'm not saying which is better or worse, other than if we choose not to see what God has given us, we're going to miss what he's given us. At the very least, he's given you breath in your lungs. Take a deep breath and exhale. There's a gift right there, but he's given you so much more. It means so much more. And if we're not careful, we'll say, do you know he hasn't? I've had no red experiences. I've got a very boring life. Nothing really going on. Not really. No, 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 no. All I've got is the breath of my lungs, small. And in fact, he's given you tons, 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 tons more. Uh, and I know this sounds a bit strange to connect that kind of self-depreciation with the word laziness, and I'm sort of sorry about it, but it does go together because if I don't believe or see or agree with what God's given me, I'm not going to use it. So I'm sort of going to become lazy with the gift that he's given. It's the equivalent of burying it in the ground. And you know, that's the source of misery. Because he said, I've given you some stuff, use it. There's joy in the use. Um, we can get apathetic. Um, maybe some of you feel and know that you have a gift of healing. You've prayed for people to be healed. People haven't been healed just yet. It can be hard work to persist, can't it? Oh, just, uh, Phil's going to ask for prayer for healing at the end. I know I should be praying for people, but I've tried this for years. It doesn't really work. I'm just going to stay in my seat. Uh, I'm at this point going to call that lazy because he's asking you to bring the gift, then it's up to God to do his thing, right? So if we don't own the gifts, if we don't use them, uh, we're going to become a little lazy. We can get blind and distracted as well if we're not careful. And so another little analogy, um, I've, I've left my phone down there deliberately. Um, if I'm in a rush in town, which happens, I know that's a shock, uh, I can walk like this, you know what I mean? Like, Walking around like this, <laughs> which I'm sure you never do. Do you ever do that? Do you see people doing that? Yeah, it's really, it's ridiculous and dangerous. Uh, don't do it. Um, but it means that I'll be rushing around and not seeing people around. I had a client a few weeks ago who called me out for this. He said, Phil, I passed you in the street the other day, but you didn't see me because you had your head in your phone. I'm like, well, that's a, bit, that's a bit disappointing, isn't it? We can, lead, we can lead our lives like this, you know, the equivalent of just filling our lives, our heads, getting distracted with stuff that doesn't matter, and miss what God is putting literally right in front of us. I'm not against the phones, by the way. This is more a general thought. Um, and in fact, then we get lazy because we're not doing the stuff he's asking us to do or being around the people he's asking us to be if we're not careful, get a bit blind. Or another analogy is this. Um, occasionally, I'll open my wardrobe. I get half a wardrobe compared to Rachel's wardrobe. So this is me opening my wardrobe, Rachel. And I look, I look in my wardrobe, and I think something like, do you know, I've got nothing to wear. I've got nothing, do you ever hear that? I've got nothing to wear, nothing to wear. What I've got is blue polo shirt, blue polo shirt, dark blue polo shirt, dark blue polo shirt, blue polo shirt, light blue polo shirt, blue polo shirt. Nothing to wear. <laughs> I like blue polo shirts. Um, it seems to be the only thing. Um, if we're not careful, in fact, we don't see what we've actually got. 
Got nothing to wear? Yes, you have. You've got loads to wear in this context. You've got loads of gifts, loads of experiences, lots of talents, lots of things that God's woven into your life over the years. The equivalent is you've got a packed wardrobe of stuff. Packed. Loads to wear. Put it on. Put it on. I've been reading a little bit about um, King David in the Bible lately. Um, there's a few particular stories about King David that many of us, if you have a bit of um, Sunday school experience, will know. Um, one of which was David and Goliath. You're relatively familiar with the David and Goliath story. It begins with him putting on Saul's armor. Saul was the king at the time. Saul was a foot taller than most people. So I have no idea what the average height was then, but Saul was higher, taller, not as tall as Goliath. Let's call him a six-footer, um, six foot six, even taller. Uh, and David was not six foot six. So the armor that David was trying to wear uh, didn't fit him. It was too big, too heavy, too clunky. It just was not good. David ended up taking the armor off and killing Goliath, the enemy, with his slingshot, as you may recall. But I just, I've been really gripped with this idea that if we're trying to put somebody else's clothes on or somebody else's armor on in this context, we're not going to work well. Um, and in fact, bizarrely, if we're trying to be somebody else and use somebody else's gifts, if, if you more introverted people, for example, try to jazz hand Jose and Pret-a-Manger in Gatwick Airport, it probably won't go so well. It's not your clothes. It's not your gift. You've got to use what you've got. I mean, do you know what sometimes happens is because we haven't got what someone else has got, we don't we'll use what we've got. I'm not like them, so I'm not going to do. But actually, do you. Be you. Be, this, be you. I've got to wear my own clothes. These are my clothes. We need to wear. We need to dress on. We need to put on the gifts, talents, and experiences that God has given us. He has given you unique gifts and talents and experiences. And he says, please use them. Don't not use them. Put your own clothes on and use them. Uh, please come to church dressed. Um, in other words, use what you've got. Now, if we, if we decide to get up and stay in our pajamas or not get dressed, we're being lazy, right? That's, that I would describe somebody here who is in their onesie this morning probably as a little lazy, maybe. Uh, again, a little bit of judgment, sorry. Um, maybe. But in fact, God says, use what you've got. Don't be lazy, please. So how can we do this? Because I think if we are acting and using our gifts well, um, we're going to live a life of joy, right? Uh, well, there's a couple of things here. First is a daily practice. I might have mentioned this before, uh, so forgive me if I, if I did. I didn't wear them today. Um, does anybody have some ONS trainers? I think I might have spotted some. Um, so I'll now have to explain myself. Uh, there is a brand of running shoes called ONS, O-N, and their, their um, motto is put me on. It's on their laces. Put me on, O-N, on, put me on. Uh, and the premise is, if you put your trainers on, you're likely to go for a run or do some exercise. If you don't put your trainers on, you're not going to go, right? That's the premise. So their whole motto is, put me on. Uh, and sometimes in our faith journey, God just simply says, put me on. That's it. You don't need to have a long plan. You don't need a big, long thing. Just put me on. In other words, let's just pray together if that's what it is, and we'll do something together. Or just get yourself to church if it's going to church. Or go and meet that person if it's meet that person, and then see what happens. Put me on. Put the trainers on. Put the clothes on. Use the gift. Have a go is what I'm saying. Uh, and do it daily. Look daily. Be ready daily. Put me on. 
Um, if you want to run a half marathon, that's great. If you've done no training, it's not so great. There's no joy in that. You'll probably keel over unless you're somehow super fit. Uh, in other words, sometimes you just need to practice. We just need to sort of do some stuff at the risk of making that sound too light. Um, I was with somebody last week who is a thinker, as some of you think, you well, you will be. Some of you are thinkers and maybe overthink sometimes. Um, a way to overcome overthinking is what? Have a go. It's just, sometimes there's a point you just got to act. And that's, that's easy for me to say, I like to act. But for those of you that are overthinkers, that's hard to do. Some of you need to act. Put the shoes on and go. Do what God's asking and go. And there's a passage Jesus says about asking, seeking, and knocking, isn't there? What does he say to us? Ask and you'll receive. Seek and you'll find. Knock and the door will be opened. Why doesn't he just show us anyway? I know if I was getting slightly miserable about it, I'd be like, why, why don't you just show me? Why didn't you just tell me? Uh, why do I have to knock on the door? Why isn't it always open? Uh, well, there's something about the faith journey where he says, keep asking and, uh, and you'll hear then. Keep seeking and you'll find. Keep knocking on the door, keep being opened. There's a bit of effort that goes into it sometimes. There's a slight mystery there for me, but there's a truth nevertheless. Sometimes you've just got to do so if you're suffering a little bit of loss of passion, perhaps getting a bit lazy, the best thing to do to tackle it, if you're trying to avoid that little fire, is to act. I'm going to do something. Um, part three. Ready for part three? There's only three. You're okay. Three is less, less timely. Um, what else gets in the way of us using talents and gifts? First is concern and fear. Second is loss of passion or being a bit lazy. The third is when we hold our gifts too tightly, as in they become about me. And I'll describe it like this. We use our platform too much. The platform becomes the focus, not the purpose. So I'll use this as an example. This is a literal platform um, in, you know, in this setting. Um, I'm doing something here that I hope is a talent and a gift. I don't know. You can give me some feedback later. I'm open to all feedback as long as it's nice. Um, so there's a literal platform. Here's a gift, I hope, being expressed. Um, if this whole conversation became about the platform and the preaching and, and the quality of the preaching and you get a seven out of ten, seven, then there's something going wrong. There's a purpose behind this, which I hope is to inspire you in some way, shape and form to hearing what God's got for you. Uh, in life, right? So uh, if we're not careful, the platforms that we have become our main focus rather than the purpose of those platforms. Now, our platforms are multiple. Um, let's do some quick things here. You need to move. I can see you need to move. Uh, just put your hand up if you have a job. Right, that's a platform in this context. Your work is a platform for the purposes of God. Um, put your hand up if you have family. Yeah, right, they're a platform. Um, put your hand up if you have breath in your lungs. I'm now worried about three of you, but that's okay. Uh, you've got breath in your lungs, right? Breath is a platform. Everything's a platform. Our lives, in fact, are something of a platform for the purposes of God. Uh, so where it goes wrong is if our lives, the things we have, the moments we have, our work if it's work, our families if it's family, um, become the focus rather than the purpose of God. It's purpose first, platform second. That's Jesus' teaching too. He said those 
Um, those that lay their lives down for me will be the ones who live the long life, is what he's saying. In other words, we inherit eternal life by putting our lives down. So when our lives become the sole focus of the gifts that God has given us, we're in real trouble. Real trouble. In fact, the gifts are for everyone else, really. Okay, we live a life of joy. That's almost a byproduct. It's for everyone else. You're happy with the concept, the idea. It's, it's, it's when we, us, me, my, uh, even in this context, I suppose, Shiloh's amazing church um, or the best festival, if those become too prominent and we miss the purpose, we're, we're going to get our gifts wrong. It happens all the time. Um, so what might be one good way to tackle the risk of holding my gift too tightly? Think about, if you want to think about the parable we started this conversation with, the talents, what might be one great way to challenge the risk of hoarding? Sharing, giving, spot on generosity, right? So if you, if you start to spot some risk here, um, a brilliant way to try to tackle this, step to the left, get to the floor, the equivalent is to be generous, to give of yourself in ways that you might find initially irritating. And that actually could be literal giving. I'm not, you know, we're not um, prosperity gospel here at all. But sometimes, in fact, what we do with our actual money is quite indicative of what's going on in our hearts. Um, I feel like I'm rambling, so I'll give you a live example. Shall I join another one? Yeah, well, that's gracious of you. You're very kind. Uh, so um, at the moment, um, I'm trying to build my uh, team at work. We're trying to recruit a few people. Uh, and I've come across somebody who, in fact, I know I shouldn't recruit, but God is saying you need to mentor them. I'm like, oh, I can't be bothered. I don't want to do that. I, I really don't want to do that. It's a very strong sense of God saying you need to spend time with them. Um, you need to go th to that person. And I'm like, I'd rather not. And who do I start to sound like now in the Bible? Go to Nineveh. <laughs> I'm going to go over here if you don't mind, God. I'd rather spend time with people I'm quite enjoying. Um, so uh, if I'm not careful, I'm at risk of this very thing. The, the platform of maybe the work is becoming potentially um, too much of a priority compared to the purpose of it, which is God's purposes. Um, so I need, to find some, I need to make a choice here to be generous towards the person that God is saying to spend time with. It's as simple as that. Um, so as I'm saying this to you, you're now all pastoring me back and saying, Phil, make sure you spend some time with the person you were talking about. Right? But I can promise you it's not that easy for me. I'd rather not. And it's the same with you. Okay, so where we are at challenge in these things, there's often a person or a scenario that God in his wisdom will say, I'd like to spend some time with them. I'd like to give to that or be generous with. And the moment we're like, nah, we're in trouble. That's a hint. That's the sniper bullet whizzing past your ear. Um, step to the left, get to the ground, pray a bit, and be generous. Generosity is often a choice at the start. It's a, I choose to be generous. I'd rather not be generous. I'm going to choose to be generous. And then when we're there, we love it. That is what happens, right? So if this idea of me, mine, um, the platform, if you like, becoming too, is becoming too important, generosity, is a very good counter to that. Fear will kill us, 
adventure pursue it. Uh, loss of passion will ruin us. Um, so sometimes we simply need to act, ask, seek, and knock. Becoming self-centered will, in fact, make us miserable. Being generous with our gifts and talents is a source of great joy.